0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of What Do You Call It? Podcast. The host is back, GB, with another episode and a special guest. This guest is like no others. He's the last degenerate of the dungeon, the innovator of insanity, the cutest mutant punk hunk, duke of delusion, and your weirdo hero. My next guest is Randy Myers. How you doing today, mate? You all right?
1: I'm great. Thank you so much for that wonderful intro. You got so many of my (laughs) monikers in there.
0: That's right. Hopefully I didn't leave anything out.
1: Well, I mean, there's always something to be left out, but you did really good. Better than most by
0: far. Appreciate it, mate. That's what I would do. I am talking to you today, and I want to thank you for your time. So it means a lot. So you've been wrestling now for about 20-plus years. And I just want to go back to something I said in the intro, and that was The Last Degenerate of the Dungeon. Now, the reason why I want to go back to that is actually you trained at the famous Heart Dungeon. Um, I want to know, how did you sort of, you know, end up there? And growing up, had you always been a wrestling fan?
1: Yeah, so I am I was born and raised in, like, Calgary, Alberta, mm-hmm. so where the Heart family is based. So that really gave me a nice stepping stone into working with the Hearts. Yep. I wasn't always a big wrestling fan. Like, I always was always on my, like... Peripheral, like side, kind of knowing it. Like I had friends that were always really into it when I was really young. Yeah. Um, I wasn't into anything really violent, so I, I would like anything that was kind of like hyper masculine or hyper violent. I kind of steered away from. Mm-hmm. And then as I got older and like uh, testosterone started flowing through my veins a little <laughs> bit more, then I realized how much wrestling had to offer for me. So then, like I said, being in Calgary, um, Stampede Wrestling had like started up again in 1999. So, I was mm-hmm. able to go to like live shows. And as soon as I went to like a live indie show, I was super hooked. Mm-hmm. It made it be like from the uh, people seeing people on TV, which seems so far away, to seeing yeah. people in person, it seemed doable, right? Like this is achievable. And there's a school right here in Calgary. So, uh, Stampede Wrestling, like I said, it started up again. So, they had a TV show, and one of their like commercial sponsors was BJ's Gym which was just gym in Calgary that was affiliated with the hearts. And they had a kid, the only kids wrestling camp in the world at the time. Yeah. And that was being ran by Teddy Hart. And I saw that commercial in between like slots on uh, stampede wrestling Saturday morning. And I was like, gave that phone number a call. And then I was like, this is what I'm going to do. So then I started with Teddy Hart's underage camp, like I said, and then that was like kind of a stepping stone again into the wards, the dungeon.
0: Ah, cool, man. Is that where you met uh, TJ Wilson and uh, uh, Harry Smith?
1: Yeah, at indeed. The yeah, they were there. They were hanging around BJ's gym, doing incredible moves that I had never even like seen before. Let, not on television, let alone live in person. They were doing these incredible things at such a young age, and I was like, "Wow!" Yeah. Like I was not an athletic kid, so the idea that people were able to do these kind of things was like mind blowing to me, and something that I was like, "I, I got to get in on the ground floor."
0: And what was the hardest thing for you to learn uh, when basically to become a pro wrestler?
1: Oh, geez. I think discipline, I would say. And I think that's something I'm still struggling with uh, is just like, yeah, like kind of making sure like you're staying like working always towards that goal, you know, little mm. steps towards that goal every day. And that was something I never really knew until I got into wrestling. Like it was nothing I'd ever being that I wasn't from a sports background or anything like that. I'd never really achieved a goal or anything like that, like a long-term goal. Yeah. So that's what I learned from wrestling. And that was the hardest thing to learn was that things aren't going to come quickly and you got to make sacrifices for what you want. So, but it was thing that I cherish to this day.
0: Uh, okay, so it was something that you look back and say, "Yep, that was worth it," and I made the right decision. Essentially, going to that sure. one of the most famous wrestling schools in the history of you know, pro wrestling. So you can't get any better than that, really.
1: You really can't. No, I can't complain. And they were really good to me, and turned me from like as cheesy as this is. Like they helped me grow up. They made me like when I went in there, I was seventeen years old uh without a high school diploma mm-hmm. ross hart who's one of the trainers in the dungeon he was also a teacher and helped me get my high school diploma oh really? they had to be a wrestler so yeah i became like they helped me become an adult and yeah. like helped me see find my potential and really strive for it so i can never say enough good things about that family
0: that's really cool man i didn't know yeah. that at all no obviously that's really cool tonight to be honest your first match was against uh, hannibal Yes, um, so a lot of fans may know for his interviews and uh, being a you know a famous promoter in Canada as well. well I just want to know what's the first match like for you? The nerves, um, the, you know, the coordination. Just uh, what was the process for you?
1: Well, it was like so. I was working with Matt Rats. That was the, my first match. Was with Matt Rats, which was a under twenty five promotion, which was supposed to be the first ever like kids only wrestling promotion. Yeah. So it was, like, founded by Teddy Hart, and there were a lot of, like, big names. Eric Bischoff was involved, mm-hmm. and my first match was called by, like, Don Callis and Joey Styles. And really? O-O-O-O. Yeah, so it was, like, I here I funny. am, like I said, a non-athletic kid. Yeah. Fairly dramatic, like, um, i have been involved in theater and stuff like that, and, like, mm-hmm. drama. So I had that kind of a background. But right. being thrown in front of these, like, big-name people in front of a giant audience, like a sold-out um nightclub in Calgary yeah. for like my very first match it was a four on one or a five on one and I was so nervous it was yeah. yeah we had planned it and prepared for weeks and weeks and weeks um I was completely convinced I was going to poop my pants or something embarrassing was going to happen the my very first <laughs> move was I jumped off the top rope and got caught by Hannibal midair in a spear mm-hmm. so uh not a lock up Not a drop kick or a headlock takeover. It was a mid-air spear that I took as my very first move. And the match went reasonably well. Um, Mm -hmm. Super nerve-wracking. There was no bathroom in the back, so I had to keep peeing in, like, fast (laughs) food cups that I could find randomly. And so, yeah, I'm a nervous peer, so there was definitely a lot of abandoned gross cups in the back. But, yeah, it was super, like, nerve-wracking, but an energy I'd never felt before. Like, I felt alive. Yeah, More than I'd ever felt before. And it was something that I was instantly hooked on. Hooked on. So, yeah, it was great.
0: That's cool, man. Uh, thanks for sharing the P story as well. Didn't oh, yeah, think no about that being a wrestler. You uh, was actually the last ever Stampede Wrestling Champion. Uh, can you That's just true. let us know about that? And uh, what's it essentially like working your way through in uh, Canada?
1: So being the last Stampede Wrestling Champion is something I really, like, hold a lot of pride in. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I will, like, tote and, like, make sure that people will, you know, mention in times. But if you really look back at it, that means that I was the champion that, when it was, I was the champion when the promotion went under. Which yeah. is not necessarily a highly great thing, but, like, it you sounds brag, great right? on paper. Still, <laughs> <back>. <laughs> <laughs> still a brag, but, yeah, if you put some thought into it, you know, Stampede Wrestling was always something, like, was the first independent promotion I ever went to. So seeing that and then being able to be part of their shows was super cool. So... Yeah, I basically, like, I didn't have the money for the dungeon, so basically what happened was they needed people to take bumps, yeah. and they needed somebody to get, yeah, basically their ass handed to them, so I was the bump dummy for people like Natalia, like Tyson Kidd, like uh, yeah, Harry yeah. Smith, so I, they needed someone to take those bumps, so that was kind of how I earned my way into the dungeon, was by being a person who was willing to take every chop, take mm. every submission hold, take every slam, and... Then, so from there, I just, they started liking working with me because I took their moves well. Yeah. And so I started getting opportunities with them on the shows. And then they were fairly high profile names being from Calgary, even though they were just starting out. So that kind of put my name on the map. And then when they moved away and got bigger opportunities, well, then it kind of like trickles down. And then it was like, who's left? And they looked around and they were like, oh, I guess you're the only one left. So I got <laughs> handed the... I got handed the Stampede Wrestling Championship which was amazing and I grew so much within that promotion from like mm. working shows like I worked Tyson Kidd in front of four people one of them being Natalia in a match that started at 1150 one night and then didn't end until 1210 the next night, he blew his knee out in the first spot. Oh. no one was watching because it was at the same time it was at a fair at the same yeah. time the fireworks were going off which was like uh, the most exciting like thing not going there.
0: away at all everyone ran away from our main event
1: they're like <laughs> "Oh, I gotta see fireworks and then like I said he blows out his knee Ross Hart was our referee so he was like well we gotta give the fans that are watching everything that they paid for so we had, to go full- on. <laughs> yeah, we had to give a full 20 minute match in front of four people and uh, we gave a great match so just the same so I learned how even if there's only four people there, you've got to you've got to give all you've got to those four people. You've got to yeah. give them with a lasting memory. So I learned that within Stampede. And like I said, worked in front of nobody to working at Stu Hart's 88th birthday show, which featured like AJ Styles and all sorts of big names. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of like from tiny itty bitty shows where no one was there to like big shows where that were like marquee shows within Calgary. So it's... It was really a great experience and worked with all sorts of names and yeah, something I hold dearly in my heart.
0: Do you still have the belt, by the way? Just that? I don't.
1: They took it back from me. Oh. They did. Yeah, I know, right?
0: <laughs> no, that's that's cool, man. Uh, it also made so by the sounds of it made you appreciate any size of fans you get, one to one hundred to one, you know, thousand. And that, I think that's great. When is it that you made basically started wrestling in America? Uh, I started
1: wrestling in America, geez, when I moved out to Vancouver, so I moved out to Vancouver nine years ago from Calgary, because I'd kind of done everything there was to do in the Alberta scene, mm-hmm. uh, and then I wanted to move out west, where there was kind of some more opportunities, some different people I hadn't wrestled yet, yeah. and then from there, there's was more of a link towards things down in or- the Oregon area, so I started working with some promotions down there, and was given, like, some opportunities, and made some friends down there, and... And then, yeah, just kind of the ball started rolling from there. And then I kind of was able to cross some other places off my list, like um, California and Hawaii, and then eventually um, getting to wrestle in Washington, which is a home away from home now.
0: Nice. Well, we will be talking about that. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, I just want to know as well, because you're from Alberta, Canada, and a lot of people would assume that the Hart Foundation were your heroes or, you know, basically a lot of Canadian wrestlers, but it was actually Mick Foley, wasn't it? Uh, yes, indeed someone you looked up to and you actually got to work with him i just want to know what was mick foley like to you and what was it like sharing the same ring with him
1: well well i can never say enough good things about mick foley he is honestly like everything you would want him to be and more he was the one that like grabbed me like i said i knew wrestling was around like always growing up but then when i saw that promo he cut where he was talking to JR, and it was kind of like, the lines were really blurred between the Mick Foley character and the Mankind character. He was telling some real-life backstory. Yeah, was a great
0: prime eye.
1: It just felt like he was the first, like, he was so, he's so masculine, but then he was showing this sensitivity that I had never seen, like, with with somebody that masculine before. I I grew up watching horror movies and stuff like that, and he always was like a horror movie-style character, but then he had this, sensitive real person side Mm. that explained the pain and trauma that made him who he is today and that was like so psychologically interesting to me yeah that i was just drawn in right away to this like character and person and then the more i got to like learn about his work by reading his books and stuff like that the more Mm. i got enthralled with him and so then having the opportunity to work with him in pwa where he was a special guest enforcer in my match was beyond incredible. Like, he was such a sweetheart. People mm. say don't meet your heroes, but I say just make sure your hero is Mick Foley and then meet him <laughs> all the time. He's awesome. Like, mm. so encouraging and and still, like, to this day, we're able to, like, keep in touch here and there. And he's still, like, somebody who's got my back and someone who still to this day inspires me, no matter whether it be through his old wrestling matches or through his cameo or just mm. the energy he brings to the world. It's so can be sure, so right. right.
0: you know what yeah. I mean? But no, wait, but I, I, so, I, so, I love I it. Foley. Really. I got to meet him in the UK uh, about seven, eight years ago and he was just uh, did a comedy tour. And oh, he was yeah. just, he was, you know, nice as he could be. And it was just one of my favourite, you know, sort of meet and greets that I've ever had. So awesome. I need to praise him and to see the impact he's made in your life and to be in the same ring with him. You know, I'm just, I'm not surprised that he's a genuine person. Yeah,
1: They're I know, he's, happy he's to
0: the best as well.
1: Yeah, I know, it's 100%, he's great.
0: He's, he's awesome, man. Um, can I just ask about your theme song, uh, yeah. Etta James at Last? Uh, classic song, 60 years now, I think. 50, you could be right. I don't know yeah. when it came out. What inspired you for that? And I'm not saying it in a negative way. I love it. I fucking love it. I think it's great. Um, and it's got, you know, anytime I see your matches, the fans love it. Yeah. Uh, I just want to know what inspired you to choose it as your theme song. Well, I guess like I've always loved, like, soundtracks and stuff like that movies theme songs
1: for TV shows. And like, mm-hmm. I really think that that is the first thing that people hear. It's the first thing that kind of establishes who you are as a character and resonates like with what you're trying to sell. So I think yeah. that theme songs really important. So I've had a whole bunch over my time with Etta James. That one just was, it just was a time where it felt right. I was always picked on for being um, a feminine. And that was always something that kind of within rest, either wrestling camps or high school Or growing up, that I was always just, that's who I was. And so kind of people, that was the thing that they could tease on me for. So it was something I tried to, like, hide away when I became a rep. Because, like I said, I thought, like, there was all these macho characters. And it seemed like that was a place where you could really be macho. And so I would play up trying to be macho. And then I went through some, some like, some mental health issues. And kind of, like, realizing that the more real I was out there, here I'm getting a platform where I can be as real as I want to be. Yeah. And the more real I can be, the more people are going to connect with me. And the yep. more people that I want to connect with me are going to connect with me. So then mm. I was just like, too much. There's too much. There's so much like angry music and uh, aggressive music mm. playing. A lot of people are like, I like, stuff. Hero.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I- but yeah, no, I do need to stand out. <laughs> yeah, so it adds play. another level to it. Awesome.
1: <laughs> there you are.
0: Uh yeah, no, so, oh, sorry. Uh I, I won't. So then it was it it? Uh so basically we was talking about. Oh, I was just gonna say all, yeah, and, and James uh, everyone up, voice and voice with music it. and then it just went. Yeah. I can't remember what you're saying now. I've got a terrible memory by the way, but do apologize like a goldfish. Um so sorry, we just go back to what we're saying about the themes. Um a theme song at james at last uh you're saying because um unfortunately so you know w- you were picked on at school um because you said you're feminine and then wrestling macho and then you wanted it because um of, of films and stuff and horror films and you know it just has a beauty to it the song yeah just kind of like that playing that
1: both sides of the coin rather than just being like you came to see aggression here's aggression you came to see this and that's what you're getting like i like things yeah. that are more well-rounded and showing kind of both sides so I just gave it a go one time mm-hmm. at James. I just thought, you know what? I'm going to, I was trying some different songs out uh, and that one just kind of stuck. And I absolutely love it. It feels like it really is who I am.
0: Yeah. I love it. I, I, I just think it adds to your unique character and I, want to talk about what have been some of your favorite promotions and some of your favorite cities that you've performed in just before I talk about um, a place that you've essentially called a second home at the Fire Wrestling. But can you just talk about any other companies that you've enjoyed working for and uh, any other places sure. that you've been? Yeah, that that's really good. I'd like to return there one day. I really like, like,
1: first thing that jumps into my head is Hood Slam out of uh, Oakland, California, mm-hmm. which is a really fun place that is like a punk rock, mm kind of there's some cosplay mixed in really like anarchy style show, but there's this underlying level that we're talking about with Mick Foley of like love and safety where it's like, it can be wild, but that doesn't mean it's dangerous. So yeah. it's this place. That's just, it's, it feels like I'm at a punk rock show where I'm in a mosh pit, but I'm at a wrestling show and the way it's ran with like the, kind of uh, like equality that's shown and how everybody's welcome and how it's all about just showing the different colors of the rainbow uh, and being as much you as you can be, I would say Hood Slam is like a place I definitely want to go back to and like just think that everyone should check out their work and and because they're not necessarily a big name, but I mean, they, they are, if you're into that kind of niche,
0: Mm. Oh, um, I have heard great. of them before. So like I've time, I would say seen them on Botchmania before, and I've seen bits of them on YouTube as well. Oh yeah, no, definitely,
1: so, they were popped up there. <laughs> so, I popped up there, so I mean, it's a good
0: thing. Oh, on Botchmania, uh, what, what was that for? I, I saw right? Hood Slam for sure. Oh right, so, <laughs> what's that? Was that uh, Did you say Botchmania that you popped on there before as well?
1: <laughs> I have been on Botchmania. I was on I think, three hundred four. Me and Andy Bird versus the Unbreakable Table where this we had a table at a show that, like, I think we tried three different suplexes on it, and the table just would not break.
0: Ah, uh, so you got the, I am the table.
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah.
0: <laughs> Which yeah, I'm proud cool. of. Cool, man. So I just want to basically ask about the Fire Wrestling. Uh, how did you essentially join them? And, you know, you've wrestled some of the biggest names that we see on TV now. Uh, Janella, Joey Janela, MJF. Tommy Dreamer, Juice Robinson and a few others as well. Um, Do you feel like this is where, you know, you've really perfected your character? Definitely. Definitely.
1: It feels like it was a kind of a fresh slate with where I had kind of grown as an individual and as a performer. So I was given this opportunity in front of a new crowd that didn't have any preconceived notions. Mm -hmm. And then, and a crowd that was very um, willing and accepting of, of who I was and who I, wanted to be and who I wanted to show besides me that I was really wanting to give to the audience so yeah I basically I went down to a show because they were just having ridiculously fantastic cards and then at the wrestling fan of me couldn't hold back anymore so I had to go down and check out a show and it was just I've been doing wrestling in Canada for a long time and doing a lot of those like four-person style shows and while they hold a big place in my heart This was just a thing where it felt like it was more of a well-oiled machine. It felt like it was kind of a next level where Mm. it was like things just felt like they were running smoother. Um, It just felt like a bigger show, a bigger deal. And I was really impressed by the way it was being put together and stuff like that. It was being Mm. run by a guy named Matt Farmer, or still is, and he's um, a friend of mine. So I'd worked with him before doing a random show. I picked him up on the side of the highway one time when I was doing a tour down in Idaho, Ohio, somewhere (laughs) like that um I just met him for the first time I picked him up on the side of the highway and then we hit it off right away so when I found out he was involved he was nice enough to give me an opportunity and from that opportunity was the like yeah it was the new Randy um but it was it was the old Theo for the first time which is my real name getting an opportunity to to meld meld with Randy Mm. and yeah from there it was like they were nice enough to give me like so many opportunities and the Fans there have been so encouraging and like breathe new life into me. I was at a point where I wasn't sure I was even. I was like maybe gonna hang up my boots. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure what I had left to do within the Vancouver scene or just wrestling in general. And then when I saw Defy, it reminded me of like why I was here. Yeah, it's that independent promotion that, Gave that like, purpose again. Again, it's what I talk about. It's like ECW. Mm-hmm but with from a loving perspective. So it has that family feel, but not such a dysfunctional family feel.
0: <laughs> no, definitely, uh, that's a good way of putting so, it.
1: You know, and, I, and it's what I've been looking for all along, and it's that softer side of wrestling, which I think wrestling needs, but it's still, they put on such phenomenal shows, and mm. I just, I could never say enough good things about the people there, and and it's, I feel like I was built for Defy.
0: And you are the current champion as well. And I know it's been sort of a... Uh unfortunate circumstance nothing that you and I, you, know, you and i can control due to the pandemic but when it does end and you can defend the title who are you looking forward to facing as the champion
1: well my ma- my ma- the match that got cancelled was against judas icarus that was supposed to be the next one that like the pandemic cancelled so i'm not looking past him mm-hmm. he's an upstart from canada who's got a lot of like great potential and is going to be a star no doubt so definitely i want to have beating him Mm-hmm. Uh, on my list of things to do, I've like known Jeff Cobb for a lot of years, and I've never got a tussle with him in the ring. Our nor styles are quite different, but I think that that could make for some magic inside that ring.
0: Yeah, could mesh. That good.
1: I also think uh, I'd like to wrestle uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr. I'd love. Like we haven't wrestled in probably 15 years, but he gave me some of my first matches and gave me some serious ass kickings. So I'd like to return the favor.
0: That would be good, man. I definitely would want to see that. Um, I just want to talk about. It's actually something you just mentioned, and and basically leads me to talk about your film, uh, the web series, uh, the Weirdo Hero. Um, essentially, you talked about nearly wanted to hang up the boots. You know, just sort of doubting yourself. Um, before Defy Wrestling, and uh, this came out in 2015. But the project itself, how long had you been sort of developing this uh, unique? wrestling based but you know dealing with mental health issues uh the um it's actually called uh the weirdo hero web series in case anyone's didn't catch the title Um you can catch it on youtube by the way i'll put the link but i want to hear from you the process of it how did you come up with it what was the production like the writing and also being the main star of your own your own film basically
1: well yeah it was a it was kind of an interesting story so i I was really suffering with my depression and my mental health. Um, it's been something I've had all along in my life. I've seen therapists and counselors all along and been mm-hmm. on a slew of medication my whole life. Yeah. But at this point, I had really kind of let it get away from me um, and kind of slipped into just the fantasy world that is wrestling. and wasn't living in the real world that much. Yeah. Um, and then when wrestling things weren't going that great, it really started to feel like my whole life shambles. So I went out into the ring and for the first time ever, I kind of like told a true story about how I was suffering from depression and came out to the fans and told them that I was going to be taking some time off, but thought it was important that I was clear about what I was doing um, and why, why I was leaving. And then from there, I got like an outreach of just people that were also suffering with different forms of mental illness and, and said how much it meant to them that somebody was representing them and speaking up. Yeah. And then one of the wrestlers, a uh, former wrestler named MR2, uh, had come to me and he's like, I, I like your idea. I like your I like your promo. Would you like to talk to me about maybe turning it into like a movie series or I'd like to talk to you about something like that? Mm-hmm. So I met with him a couple times. And from there, he pitched an idea of turning my promo basically into a web series or a movie. And then from there, we kind of shopped around for directors and And found someone to attach to the project, a man named Ryan Curtis, who's really awesome and had all sorts of great credits from Supernatural behind him. So it was like a legitimate dude. And then he handled kind of the more the production level. And we went into writing and the three of us kind of came up with a script. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to kind of tell my story and they gave me the platform to do so, which was something I wasn't expecting when I went out and did that promo. I was just thinking I wanted to leave mm. wrestling. But then to the me heart, being man. honest, yeah, me being truthful ended up giving me another opportunity. And yeah. I took that opportunity. And then that kind of was able to, in turn, help some other people, which is just mind-blowing. And it was able to help me crawl out of my depression because kind of put things in terms, kind of, I understood. Like, I could see it from another perspective. I was yeah. playing Fabulous Frankie in their movie. So it was kind of an offshoot of, of who I am. Yeah. I was married in it and had a mm-hmm. job had that I would never have.
0: And getting sort of people being addicted in the exactly. office Exactly. So well. it was just,
1: <laughs> yeah, so I was able to look at it from a different angle. And then yeah. it kind of made me realize, like, I went and got some, I went and got help and I'm still currently always an advocate for getting help, however that is for you. Yeah. Um, and so from there, it kind of, it helped me grow. And then I was able to become, it added another layer um, of reality to, what I was to my performances and mm. stopped having to be to have to put on a mask when I was going out there sometimes and then show some true vulnerability, which I think is very hard to do, but yeah. it's so
0: rewarding. Cause a lot of fans can relate to that because, you know, I think mental health awareness is very important, you know, um, as a host myself, you know, someone, you know, I'm on sort of happy pills, you know, just going to put it that way. And I think it is important to talk about it. And in the film, You've got um sort of like an animated character, um sort of self doubt, and he's just always you know basically just being a complete knob and just making things worse for you. As you know, you're you're, you're the world champion um in ECCW, but you know you just you still got financial struggles. You've seen uh, a rest on the TV, they uh, one that you knew and they died, and then you know your wife in the film, she's just she's trying to be positive, but. You know, there's only so much you can do and then go to the office. And I think so many people can relate to this film because, you know, we all, not necessarily like if you're a wrestler, but as a fan myself, you know, we all, we have jobs and stuff and, you know, you've got that self-doubt. I think that's why this film's very important. um, And I really enjoyed it. And so that, I think that's why I'm glad I get to talk to you about it. And I think, you know, the fact that I think you're, this my, you can appreciate that I appreciate it and I really enjoyed it as well. Uh, what was the feedback like from the wrestling community? So I know you said you got feedback for your promo um, and people reaching out to you, including fans as well. But what was the feedback like um, after you released it? And how did you feel um, as an actor and someone who was heavily involved with the film?
1: Well, I was... The reaction was great. Like, I'm still like, this is what, six years later, and I'm still having, like, incredible compliments like the one you just gave me from people that have just maybe, like, recently seen it and is still able. The great thing about the internet is always out there. It can yeah. still, it can touch people for years to come, right? Mm. Um, or help them. And so that is just, it, it, the, the community was great. People were, more wrestlers came forward and more fans than I would have imagined that were also suffering, which... Yeah. The, the voices or the rabbit, as it were, in this film tells you that you're alone. You know what I mean? And that you're the only one suffering. Yeah. But the more you can go out there and tell the world maybe you're hurting too, mm. then then people will come forward and mention that they're hurting. Um, a little bit of vulnerability get shared, right? They'll be more vulnerable with you. Mm-hmm. And so it just was like, as an actor and as a performer in general, um, I just think it was one of the most rewarding things I've ever done because I was able to Give back and tell some truth within a fake story, which I think is like, again, all all we keep talking about the same thing, blurring those lines between, you know, (laughs) reality and truth and but making sure there's a heart behind it. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. the fact that it could like I honestly as cheesy as it is, if it could help one person, that's all I was looking for. And Mm -hmm. I've heard from probably close to 100 people that have said that they've enjoyed it and it's helped them. So that's more than
0: enough. You ever thought about a sequel. Because... Oh, a sequel. I, I don't know, oh, I want to tell oh, the no. ending, but I feel now I'm going to plug, plug the, the film. Like, potentially, or uh, prequel, cool, if I put it that way. Basically, could there be a film linked to this, or would you be interested in another film? I'd definitely Similar be interested. to this, basically.
1: Okay, so if there was... A, yeah, I don't know. A sequel would be hard. I think it would be hard to do. Yeah. But maybe... It could be the story of a guy who's dealing with his issues, you know what I mean? And still... Mm finds the joy in everyday life, you know what I mean? That story was really talking about how I hadn't necessarily made it to that next level and yeah. how that was a struggle, but I had fun when I was wrestling in front of four people. We talked about that earlier.
0: Yeah, I enjoy
1: yeah. that. And if you can find the fun yeah. in what you're doing and not try and hold it to be, where should I be? or comparing yourself to others, mm-hmm. then wrestling in front of four, I'm wrestling my trainer, one of the people I idolize in front of another person who I idolize. who cares how many other people are there this is for us to a certain degree Mm. so i think there could be a sequel where it's kind of just the acceptance of of who you are and still going through struggles because we're all going to go through those struggles but kind of looking at the good stuff too looking at the flower that's growing out from the cement and appreciating the moments that we have right now like talking to you right now meeting new friends sharing
0: yeah You know, it's I, I I like what you said and for me like it's I'm not I'm not getting any money out of this, you know, and I'm I'm doing it because I genuinely love talking to people and I love talking about wrestling and things outside of wrestling and acting as well. And I think it's awesome. Um you, you do improv as well and you know, you you know you've got drama experience. Um I just want to know, if you was to finish wrestling, would you be looking to get into acting full time or would you want to become a coach? what would you essentially want to do if you was to hang up the votes? That was, see,
1: I think that I, I think I'll always be a wrestler. And that doesn't mean I'm going to be wrestling until I'm a hundred, but I don't think you can take that part out of me. You know mm. what I mean? I think it'll always be there. So I'd love to be able to pass on my knowledge and I've loved training people. i yeah. love to build like another generation of weirdo heroes, but like <laughs> who want to express themselves however they want to express themselves. I'd love to encourage that next generation and put Canada on the map. Um, we're known for our wrestlers, but we're not necessarily known for our wrestling promotions currently. And yeah. I'd love for there to be something like that that is a promised land for us. Like, the UK's really picked up in the last 10 years wrestling-wise. Um, yeah. And that's there, why reason I, I like promoting. the Fire
0: Wrestling is because it's so similar to Progress Wrestling. And I know Progress have done shows with your company as well. Um, totally, yeah. So, like, we have got quite a strong fan base and a lot of companies. um, Obviously, we have been impacted by the pandemic, but who hasn't, you know?
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I think that there's still, there's so, those seeds are still there. They Mm -hmm. might be, like, dormant or hibernating right now, but when things are good to go again, they'll pop. So I want to see something like that in Canada. I know how many people have, like, how much it's been a struggle for me to go to other places and how many times I've been told, oh, you want to be a famous wrestler, why don't you move to the States or Japan or Mexico? It's like, well, I don't know if I need to, like, not saying that that's not a great opportunity for other people, but why can't we have that opportunity here where we grow so much talent here? We have a fan base here. Why can't we have something here? So if I could, like, if I were to leave tomorrow and be able to leave to start a new legacy or something, it would be trying to affiliate, like trying to help coordinate something to put Canada back on the map as a wrestling promotion, not just a great place that, Mm -hmm. Breach great wrestlers, and we send
0: them other places. <laughs> America just takes them. <laughs> yeah, Or Japan,
1: or, or you know, like for example, like El Phantasmo. Um, I saw him years ago in Vancouver, and he was here for so long, and he was great for years, and then not until he got over to the UK did he kind of start getting his name out there, and then was able to get to New Japan mm. and things like that. Uh, I was on those shows with Tyson Kidd with in front of people there's so many so much talent up here that goes unrecognized because for some reason the spotlight isn't on canada it's on canadians when they leave but and i'd love to change that
0: never really thought about that to be honest as you say no you said it i mean i was sort of someone else just obsessed with the Hart family and canadian wrestlers even like like test and like i know he's not very popular at the moment but valvenus i liked him as a kid yeah no me too But, um, yeah, no, that's a good point. I've never really thought about it until you've explained to me. So, yeah, the it's impact. kind of
1: across the, unfortunately, across the entertainment board in Canada. If you, if you mm. really take a look at it from people like, even like a, like our, our actors like a Jim Carrey or like a lot of Canadian actors will only be able to make it big once they go to America and do an American project or something like that. There's not yeah. a lot of opportunities here for that stuff. So if, I don't have to say in the whole world, but if I could push wrestling a little bit, that would be great.
0: There's plenty of time, man. Yeah, what have you actually been doing sort of during the pandemic to keep yourself occupied, by the way? Because I know as a wrestler, this must be so difficult for you. Um, I myself have been working from home, so I've got that luxury, but like I couldn't imagine, like, what some of you so you know, the impact it's had on some of your lives. Oh, yeah,
1: it's been just because, like you said, I've been doing this for 20 years, and so mm-hmm. it's been like a big part of every week, whether it be training or shows or whatever, right? Daily yeah. life has been affected by not being able to wrestle. So it's, it's hard, but I've been training. I found, like, I'm lucky enough to have some room in my basement where I'm able to, like, set up my own personal dungeon, as it were, and, <laughs> you know, do my own workouts down there. That's what I was doing before we got on this podcast, where I'll go after this. So that's been getting my aggression out making sure I'm able to keep that in check. Yeah. Um sweating and keeping that heart rate up. And then I've been working on, like, doing some different – I have been working on writing a film. I've been working on – some comedy acts i've done some stand-up comedy that i was Mm. doing for a short time after when wrestling was over but when we were still allowed to talk in public but now we're not allowed to talk in public so (laughs) it's like a yo-yo effect in it exactly (laughs) so i was really loving that and diving deep into that and doing like trying to get on shows weekly for that Mm. um so i'm still writing that i'm doing crafts all the time and uh tonight actually i'm debuting my first ever stop motion animation on a little um thing out of Calgary that's like so I yeah made a little film using uh, some of the needle felt creatures I've been creating so I'm staying creative mm. as best I can keep
0: yourself busy now I so saw yeah. you advertise that on Instagram um, I will have to check that out definitely man definitely I'll be said, I'll be, be putting the
1: link up and like I'll be putting the video up at some point too just a little something that I made just to, like I said keep myself busy and
0: mm.
1: like, know, stop just- hard. it's
0: hard it's pretty hard I did film editing for a bit and I know it's not easy so you know for you to do that fair play yeah Yeah, i'm looking forward to it as well awesome (laughs) so yeah just keeping
1: like keep on trying to keep my spirits up there's so many things i've always been like a very add minded person who has a lot Mm -hmm. of like ideas and then they come and they go they come and they go so i'm that's fortunate so there's other things i like to do that i can kind of dive into when one thing kind of gets put on hold
0: i've just got a few more questions and then i'll let you go because i i've I've enjoyed this mate this has been really good Uh, really fun i just want to know can you explain the look that you have? Mm. Um, so you've got, like, you've got the shirt around you, Chuck Taylor's, and the unique hair reminds me of, like, Heath Ledger's Joker. But yep. then you've got, like, the raccoon eyebrow uh, eyes. And it, it's great. It's it's great. Like, you stick out, like, a sore thumb, and that's what you want in wrestling. Um, I just want to know, you know, basically, what's inspired you to have the presentation that you have?
1: Well, it's been a long time coming, so it's kind of been, like, trickled in over the years. Mm-hmm. Um as you can see from my very, f- if you were to see my very first match, the one we talked about earlier, it was none of that stuff. You know, it was mm. just like raw clay. But I've always been super into like punk rock and things mm. that look different. Oh, you and used like the
0: massive mold, didn't you? Like massive. Yeah, it was like, I
1: think the tallest it was was like 14 inches at one point or something like that. So, which was just a pain in the butt to keep up. I used to try everything. One time I tried glue in it and then I wasn't able to sweat because the yeah. glue kept my sweat in my head. And so like I started getting like all woozy. Yeah, that was a pain. Um, but then I just kind of like evolved the look over time and then kind of just brought in things that I liked and it just started to put like something to like cover up the rings around my eyes or like the wrinkles. So I put on the, the rattu makeup um, and then the hair. I've been dyeing my hair wild color since I was 13. So that's kind of always been part of who I am. Yeah. And then the flannel is an easy throwback. I bet we can guess who that's to. It's to Mick Foley. Bang 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 bang, yeah, and then a little bit to Piper as well because I was fortunate enough to work on a reality show with Roddy Piper.
0: And oh, like, really? He was
1: really cool, really cool to me. And so I just figured, you know, where that's where I wear it around the waist kind of represents the kilt, too. Oh, and know got,
0: that's pretty cool, man. I, yeah, I love, and it's got the grunge look, too.
1: So yeah, it just kind awesome. of fits together.
0: Oh, sweet, man. It's like a sort of a, like a canvas, and you're just putting all your favorite bits onto one bit, and then this is the painting. No, that's what bingo I mean. man exactly that like <laughs> yeah. i'm my own um
1: motivation board or whatever you know a vision board kind of i guess is what it is if you put everything my on a vision board that i wanted to do as a kid or be as a kid yeah i think i've like achieved a lot of those things i always looked up to the different the weirdo the one who stood out and the one who was proud to be themselves and i think i've become those things so
0: pretty great nah, that's good man that's why you have the following you do so let's wrap this up then officially okay let's talk about how it is that you do fight depression on a daily basis. Cause I know you said like, you know, it's an ongoing struggle. And I think a lot of people need to realize like depression isn't just something you get for Christmas and it's gone. <laughs> um, so I didn't mean to try to be funny about that. It's just no, 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 no.
1: <laughs> I think it's important to be funny. I think
0: that's. But, be yeah. Concerned. Because I, I just sort of, you know, this is actually the first time that I've ever spoke about it in the podcast. And and I think it's one one thing I've sort of gravitated towards you and sort of, you know, reaching out to you as well. Um, I just want to know, you know, how it is that you personally deal with it on a daily basis.
1: Great question. I really I, I really appreciate you giving me a platform to talk about this. Um it, it is hard. It's hard on the on the daily. I I try my diet's really important. I really try and keep I find that like, like if I'm eating healthy and running my kind of machine as it were at its full capacity or feeding it the right fuels it's less likely to kind of go into those slumps if i'm not giving myself sugar highs then i'm not likely to come and have that sugar low afterwards i can kind of keep myself baselined if i've got the right fuel in me at all times yeah like i mentioned earlier working out is such an important part for me um i actually am an aggressive person like or i hold a lot of anger or i like, hurt or something inside of me that kind of can come out and i that don't ever want to lash out at people so i find that like i need an aggress like an outlet where i can get that aggression out it's a safe outlet yeah and i find those are rare and that's what wrestling is to me so much where i can be my wildest craziest most over-the-top self mm. and i'm not scaring anyone no, no you getting cheered for it <laughs> yeah right where else can i do that where i could be 900 me And be in a ring and be trying, be showing my quote-unquote aggression while being safe at the same time, putting somebody else's life in my hand that I care about. I'm not going to hit them as hard as I want, as I can, because that's not what it's about. So it's about aggressive control. So wrestling's a big part of that. We said funny, finding the funny. I think that's super important. Yeah. Lately, I've been thinking about that's like you got the fight or flight kind of reactions. Um, fight, flight, or they're saying freeze too, but I think is important. Like, how many times has that gotten me out of those situations where I've been able to laugh, mm. and it's, like, lighten the mood? That's the only reason we have laughter. There's no scientific reason besides that to, like, then to alleviate stress, and to bring up our moods and endorphins. We have so many of these, like, chemicals inside of us, which we can unlock by working out, by being around our friends, by laughing, by smiling, by dancing, yeah. and those are kind of like natural antidepressants. Yeah. So the more we can kind of, I personally can tap into those, the better my day is.
0: That's good, man. Because I think you do get some people in wrestling and I'm not going to name any names because I don't want to sort of bad mouth individuals, but they would rather wrestling just be serious and just, you know, black and white, good guy, way- bad guy, no one, no color whatsoever. And I just don't, and I just don't think that's a good way to sort of, you know, set the tone of a show because at the end of the day, we're all different. You know, we all don't want to sort of be the same. And I think that's why, you know, fans sort of enjoy your work, enjoy your entrance, enjoy, you know, just seeing you do your thing, enjoy what you put out as a film, a fabulous Frankie. And um, there's going to be a lot more coming out hopefully is that unfortunately there
1: will be I can almost guarantee that
0: <laughs> nah, man, there's no unfortunate for that one mate your stuff you produce is good your matches are great um basically my personal favorite match of yours is against Joey Janela uh what is your favorite match and who have been some of your favorite opponents uh to sum up your career so far
1: I love that match too Janela was super fun he's a wild he's a wild one you know what I mean he reminds me of like a modern day Like, he reminds me of Piper's essence a little bit, in the way that just you don't, like, when he when you zig, he zigs, you know what I mean? He's always kind of like, he's a wild man, a bad, bad boy, as it were. Um, But yeah, I'm a big fan of his. Um, Who else do I, I really like my matches I've got to work with. Kazarni, who I've really liked. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's fantastic. Sin Bodhi, we think alike, because we're both weirdos. Uh, he's been really fantastic. He, to work he's
0: with. crazy, but he's cool. He is cool.
1: Exactly, he's the right kind of crazy. <laughs> um, Dreamer. We mentioned Tommy Dreamer earlier. Mm-hmm. That was like such a like. I like I said, I love ECW growing up, and he was like he represents mm-hmm. ECW. Like he's the heart of it. He so, probably
0: put you over as well, didn't he? At the end of the match. Yeah, he
1: was such. <laughs> what a guy, right? Like I love, I loved working with him. Um, Obviously, like I said, Tyson Kidd and all the people I worked with growing growing up and that kind of formed me. And my first match with a name was Christopher Daniels. And I can't say enough good things about him either. Like, he's so cool and such a professional. He was in the back. I'm so used to wrestlers being so nervous and, like, going over their match and talking to themselves and being so in their head. And he was, like, singing and walking around and being all friendly with everybody. So... That was really cool to see how somebody on his level could be just comfortable, mm. and so yeah, I would never have enough good things to say about Christopher Daniels as well. And MGF, what a fucking deal! Sorry, I swore. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, but
0: like, how much is that off gimmick, man? Like, I- I'm not trying to be like, I'm not, I'm not trying to like break and like break down the character, but like, it's so believable. But how much is that him actually a prick or not? Man, he was, like, I loved
1: working with him. I thought it was, like, a really great opportunity. I don't think there's any way that you could be that sincere with a gimmick and not have a little bit of that inside of you. You know what I mean? I don't think I could play the character I play if I wasn't playing me. You know what I mean? So I don't think he could be playing that character so well if there wasn't a little bit of... A little prickish in him.
0: Died. Yeah. Hey, hello. I, I, I want to cheer him because I do like hills, but even as a limit with him, man, like he's a dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's good at his job. He's good at his job. He's so yeah. good. And that's um, what makes him special. And speaking of aiden Jeff, who's currently in AEW, um, now 15 years ago, the only place probably most people want to go to is WWE. But now mm-hmm. the last good few years now, you can survive on the independent scene. And I know you- you've had a try at WWE, haven't you, before? yeah uh, what was was that what was that like did you enjoy the, did you enjoy the experience um did it make you want to go back for another one or was, was it just not for you
1: i've been like fortunate to have a couple of tryouts actually so i did oh okay my first, my first one was in 2009 and that mm-hmm. was a really cool experience because i went down and they were just they brought in like so many different names to do like lectures for us each day and i learned from like like jericho was brought in and christian was brought in and John Cena came in and like we're giving us like we could ask them questions one on one. That was really? awesome That's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, Dusty Rhodes was still alive and working with the company like very strongly with um, FCW at the time. And so he, we were doing promos for him every day, and mm-hmm. having Dusty Rhodes like cut down our promos or whatever. And he took a shine to me. He liked me, and, and which blew like blew me away. So like on promo time, he'd have me go twice sometimes to like and see what I could do, like, ad-libbed, like, not written promos and stuff. So it was really cool. And then I was fortunate enough, actually, to get a tr- uh, contract with them that year in 2000. Oh,
0: right. Sorry. I didn't know that, right? I they apologize. Okay.
1: No, don't worry about it, man. Or like a so that's I got,
0: terrible now. <laughs> I got a contract in 2009. And uh,
1: actually, Hannibal, oddly enough, was at that tryout as well. And yeah. he also got a contract. So uh, neither of us knew this. And we showed up in St. Louis for our physical and our drug tests and stuff like that. And we were just, I walk into the doctor's office and there's Hannibal sitting there and blew my mind. that here's the guy I had my first match with, and I'm showing up for WWE my first day to like sign in with WWE or whatever. And then he's there. We both failed the drug test. He had some issues and then I failed for marijuana. Oh yeah. And then they said, get out of here, get to stepping Cheech and Chong. So, um, yeah, that was it. Then, unfortunately, there was a miscommunication. I thought that it was going to be a fine. And then they thought it was worth terminating me over. Um, so yeah I mean, that, considering that.
0: you've got people like matt riddle on the roster right now and you know other wrestlers that are known to you know it was it, it was
1: 2009 so like that, that was quite uh, a lot yeah,
0: probably would have been a bit more strict than yeah yeah no, no that, that's totally I mean, and I, I, mean, I wasn't actually you, laughing about you sort of getting the sack but i was I'm just laughing at the cheech and chong thing made me laugh totally good but, yeah um, <laughs> that was again the joke <laughs> yeah uh have do you have any tryouts afterwards after that or yeah better? then i went down again
1: for another tryout which was similar things so it was like a paid tryout where you paid like couple thousand dollars to get a look at by wwe really? so that was what done. Hell, yeah that's what i'd done in 2009 and then i think i did it again in two thousand twelve. that was a totally different set of people down there and i found that opportunity or that time not nearly as much fun we only got the opportunity to cut one promo at the very end the yeah. rest of it was a lot of like in-ring drills um with with people that were kind of more drill sergeant even kind of like mm. fun which I had really liked the camaraderie of the first group. Um, So it didn't work out as well. Maybe I wasn't in the right place for it at that time or whatever. So that didn't really work out. Yeah. Um, And then actually I had one of, I was brought in as like an extra for a WWE show one time and had like a little bit of a a tryout there. And that was again, a fun opportunity where like i got to do a promo for Paul Heyman he read on my resume that I could juggle. So he came over to me at catering and had to three oranges and was like, I want you to just juggle these all day. You never know. Vince could walk by at any moment. And if he sees the guy <laughs> juggling, he's like, who's oh, the juggling <laughs> guy? We need to hire the juggling guy. So there <laughs> we go. just juggling three oranges all day because Paul Heyman told me to. So that was really cool. Um, I got some really great compliments from Striker and some different people that were working there at the time. So that was cool. Nothing came of that, but mm. still like, Great opportunity. You and... got to
0: juggle some oranges because of Paul Heyman. How
1: like, people can say that? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah, it was super fun, uh, yeah. I, and I, I love, I love the stuff. I've got to go like the Hall of Fames and different things with WWE being affiliated with the Hearts over the years. Like yeah. I had some cool opportunities, and Tyson Kidd granted me some opportunities. So has Natalia, um, and it's just been. I, it's from the outside. There's lots of things that are obviously wrong with anything. But when you're kind of backstage at show, that show atmosphere, it's a bunch of kids. I've seen Stone Cold before, like, the Hall of Fame, before his Hall of Fame speech, like, acting like a little kid and, like, goofing around and stuff. So Mm. the bottom line is it it's cool. Like, WWE, you can, there's negatives about it, positives, but I've had fun every time
0: I've gone learned. I was going to say, like, even though, you know, essentially it didn't work out your way, but you, you, you know, you're speaking positive about it. And I you don't know if people can even brag about getting, like, even, like, a look in. Or even getting a, like, a foot in. So, you know
1: i've enjoyed
0: hearing that it's good and i I like the fact you're still positive about it man that's that's awesome so i mean with dusty
1: Rhodes is like another one of my people that like i never thought i'd get that opportunity Mm. for him to be a fan of you as well yeah and he was the one that kind of like clue me in like i said i've been called the feminine a lot and teased for it but he kind of brought it up in a positive way he Mm. brought up how i reminded him of, of dustin in some ways or my mannerisms Mm. And then those weren't mannerisms I was showing off. Those were mannerisms I was hiding. Those were ones he saw outside of the ring. And mm. he let me see them as a positive thing. And that if Dusty Rhodes thinks this is a good thing, maybe I should give it a chance and yeah. be who I am. He saw me for who I was and encouraged that. And because of that, I am who I am now. So yeah, I can't take bad that, things.
0: That's awesome. And you know he's not lying as well, because like Kyle Cabana has straight up said, you know, Dusty wasn't a fan of him. So, and for him to give you that, Feedback. Yeah. That's that's great. Totally. I yeah. love Paul that too. He's great. That's oh, cool. He's, he's been to the yeah. UK before. um yeah, so I, I'm. I'm still just a Mark. though I'm a fanboy, but I thought yeah. I'll my podcast and talk to wrestlers that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so I want to thank you for your time today. It's been an excellent talk. It's been so different to what I'm used to, and it's made me appreciate um, you as a person, you as a talent, and mental health in general. What's next what for the weirdo hero, Randy Myers? What is next? Well, like I said,
1: I'm probably going to finish my workout uh, mm-hmm. tonight. Is am, <laughs> I, uh, my first stop-motion animation, so that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got more art projects on the go. I'm working on a music video right now for actually a new theme song, so it'll be there'll be no copyright problems if I should ever land on TV. Just saying. Is that a Is that a hint? Is that a hint? Maybe, I don't know. Just, I'm not. It's not a hint, but um, <laughs> I want to um, it, it, this couldn't hurt. So, I've got a music video on the way, more art projects. I'd say stay tuned to my Instagram account, it's probably the best way to kind of see what other mm-hmm. kind of weirdness I've got coming down the path. But lots more wrestling,
0: more movies, more weirdness, and more love, hopefully. Awesome, dude. Where can fans find you on social media? Boom, I'm
1: at the weirdo hero on Instagram at Ravenous randy on twitter if you want to add me on facebook i don't think i'm maxed out so randy myers go ahead and you can shoot me dms and if anyone's interested in like reaching out or wants to you know look into i've got a square site a square site so you can pick up t-shirts and stuff like that there there's merch opportunities so yeah anything you want if you come at me i'm fairly open book and i'd love to hear from you so
0: Awesome, man. And that's how we got this conversation today. And you're appearing on another episode of What You Call It. And to wrap this up, I'm your host, GB. I hope everyone stays safe. And the next time you and I have a conversation, it's when you come to the UK. We're having a beer and we're having a laugh. But until then, stay safe, mate.
1: You got it.